turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bangs. Welcome to Records and Bands. As always, I'm Rob Jones, and it's an international feel to the show tonight as I'm joined all the way from Florida by Jeremy Powers. Jeremy, welcome to the show. How's it going? This is the first international show for me as well, so yeah. Excellent. It's been fun and games <laughs> trying to organize the time difference because you go on to Daylight Savings um, oh, yeah. previously. I go on to Daylight Savings at 2 o'clock. Well, in about four hours' time, I go on to Daylight Savings, so... Oh, so it, okay. it's a five it's a five hour difference now. If we did this tomorrow, it would be a six hour difference. So, <laughs> but you do the Zen's Power Four Button Podcast, and that's do. gaming and tech and that sort of thing. Would you like to expand on it for us a little bit? Yeah, I've been I've been doing that for a while. We're I think we're our next episode. We're doing eighty our eighty fifth one that we've done for the new run. But it's one I created. We talk about gaming news, technology, basically nerd stuff in general. We have on occasion talked about music and stuff. Not to the extent you guys do, because I have enjoyed listening to the discussions you guys have had. Um, But it is definitely an intriguing part that I'm looking forward to talking to today. But yeah. Yeah, we kind of connected on Twitter. I think it was, um, I can't remember what the first conversation we had was. I can definitely remember a conversation around Monkey Island. Yeah. (laughs) Which is the Monkey Island, and then I was going through a bit of a low period of the time after splitting up with some of my previous podcast members with some issues, and was kind of debating on whether I was going to keep doing the show or not, and you popped up with words of encouragement, telling me, you know, take a break, take your time, go for it, and uh, that helps a lot. Thankfully, Brilliant. everything's back and good now, so. <laughs> Excellent. I do want to kind of um, pick your brain. I want to try and meld the two worlds together a little bit and talk a little bit about computer game music or video Mm -hmm. game music because my boy my youngest one he's got a playlist on apple music and it's all just tunes from video games oh nice so he'll sit there he he loves like the smash brothers music yes um green hill zone from sonic he likes Mm -hmm. that one um but his absolute favorite apparently and i've written this down now because i it sounded a mouthful. It's Pink Bull Activate from Kirby. And he absolutely loves Kirby. <laughs> I think I know that song too. My daughter is a massive Kirby fan. So we have every Kirby game, all the music, stuff like that. And I, I think I know which one that is. And I, it's pretty energetic if it's what I'm thinking of. So that's a good one. Do you have any favorite tunes from video games? Or is there a game that has like real standout music? In my house, at any time, we can put the Metroid theme on, uh, specifically the soundtrack for Super Metroid, and just let that play for game music. That's one of my favorites, because really good video game music tends to be more orchestral style. You're not going to have lyrics to it generally. You know, there's some some games do actually have songs written for it, but a lot of it tends to be orchestral style, which does translate well for the few times that they will have an, an actual orchestra perform it. Nintendo has had some actually fantastic ones. I'll have to send you guys because uh, I've got a couple of them, especially from Smash Brothers. They did a whole orchestral piece. I can get you. Excellent. That'd be cool. We saw the um, we saw the Trans-Siberian Orchestra at the World Music Festival and Ooh. they played the theme from Tetris at one point. 
So that, that was really that's cool. That's an that, iconic theme, yeah. That was the one song of theirs that we recognized. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke as well. There was a game a little while ago. Was it Brutal Legend that Jack Black was on? Yes. And that had a really good soundtrack. Oh, yeah. that was. They had a whole plethora of musicians and you know people in there from Ozzy Osbourne and what was it Judas Priest and a few they had a whole bunch of people that were in there both their music and the the actual musicians playing themselves or variations of themselves which was great when I was a kid we had a Commodore 64 I don't know you would have had Mm -hmm. a Commodore 64 over there and obviously the um, games would load up on the cassette yep Um, but one of the games we had was Rockstar Ate My Hamster and you took the role of a like a like a manager, like a Malcolm McLaren esque figure, mm-hmm. and you had to put the band together. And all the band members you could pick were like a play on words of famous musicians. So for Ozzy Osbourne, you had Izzy Has Been and Moldy <laughs> Moldy John instead of Rot, uh, Johnny Rotten, and you you had to put together a super group and you know uh, find them gigs and stuff like that. So that was always an old favorite as well. Oh man, I know recently uh I've since I've been setting up the game room and getting my old systems back out, I of course had to break out my plethora of rock band and guitar hero games. And my friend who I was out helping move today, he actually got me a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. So I've been playing that the past few days. And that's that's part of what got me interested in trying to get the album I was talking about earlier of uh Master of Puppets. <laughs> Is that kind of your wheelhouse generally music wise? Um, I have a very eclectic taste in music for a lot of stuff, but I do, I do enjoy some of the kind of faster, heavier stuff on occasion. Excellent. I sent you a few questions a little while ago. Should we jump into it? You did. Yes. Um, I will tell you right now, these have caused me stress in a very fun way, (laughs) but I enjoyed it. It made me think about it. And then even today at lunch with my friend, uh, Brent, we had talked about these and I read off my answers to him and he was just like, Oh God. He's trying to think of his answers and it, it's a, I love the idea of how you've done this. And I kind of, I'm going to have to ask at some point, I may have to kind of cop this a little bit because I would love to do this game related on yeah, my yeah. show at some point. This is great. Um, earlier this week, I was on a show called the deep dive lounge and I basically uh-huh. the format from him, but changed the question. So it's like, he asks the same, uh, so it's oodles and he, cha- he asks the same questions to a different guest every week and then so you can compare and contrast so is this the podcast version of the simpsons did it <laughs> they already did it, it. it's be. fine yeah <laughs> there you go nothing wrong with that right so the first question that we always ask is um mm-hmm. what are your top three albums of all time or your top three bands or artists or if you're feeling really brave you can go for both i actually went with both Excellent. So I will I will cover the albums first. And part of my problem I have with this is the expectation of I was kind of nervous if I would say something and people be like, oh, well, that's kind of a weird choice or it's not the popular one. And I had to kind of stop and make myself think of what I actually appreciate. And the first one, this should come as no surprise to you, since this is the first time I was also mentioned on your show, would be Foo Fighters, The Color and the Shape from 97. Um, you know everything from the soft role of startup of doll jumping into monkey wrench and then just going from there. It's been an album. I listen to probably once a week, if not more, it's always in the play just being mixed in. I was listening to part of it. I'm on my way home today before the show. The next one is an quickly on the Foo Fighters. How did you feel about my statement that it was the last good Foo Fighters record? (laughs) I, uh, 
I didn't agree with it, but I, I can understand kind of where that came from. I do like some of the later stuff. Um, what is it? Concrete and gold is one of the more recent ones that they did that I liked because I, I like the fact that they, they have the creativity of it, but they're not always sticking to stuff. No, I did agree with what I think it was you that said that it's kind of more of a like Anthem rock or type like that yeah. for some of the stuff. I was like, I, I get that, you know, they were really kind of experimenting with Foo Fighters, the original album, and then kind of jumping into this as more of their sophomore one. But yeah, I, I still think they're good. <laughs> oh yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Go on then, your second pick. Uh, my second one is kind of a personal one. It's Hootie and the Blowfish, uh, Cracked Rear View from 1994. The reason for this one, like Darius Rucker and all of them, like I obviously love the songwriting and how the, everything's set up, but it's an album I've always listened to. And as I've gotten older, the lyrics kind of made more sense. As I grew up, you understood more of the context of everything that was in it through everything in my life. Um, and also the simple fact, this was the album that my, my late mom and I, when I was a kid would be running around the house, singing it, like just playing it. And, you know, we absolutely loved it, but it's, it's really stuck with me for a long time. So, and then my last one is Daft Punk discovery because it's just fantastic. Be- beginning to end. I have no notes. It's just that. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. And the artists then? Um, the artists, starting off again, Foo Fighters, just their whole collection of music with, you know, Dave Grohl and them has been fantastic to me. Uh, second up was Led Zeppelin, which I know is more of a generic answer, but they really did, you know, kind of inspire a lot of people and, you know, the changes of music and how everything went with that. And it's just been one that stuck with me, not on a particular album, but just as music in general. Uh, and my last one I had to kind of think about, but I ended up choosing Elton John. Excellent. Because that man has had such a creative just rebirth over and over and over again from, you know, Yellow Big Road. Uh, I'm trying to remember the title of him, uh, Mr. Fantastic. It's it's such a Captain weird name. Fantastic, but I, yeah. Captain Fantastic, yes. I remember as a kid just sitting there looking at that cover art because I couldn't play my dad's records, but I could look at them. and you know, I would hear whenever he would play it and it's always stuck with me. And it's just every time you think, Oh, he's done, he's retired. Oh no, here's something new he's doing. Like that's, that's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. Over the last couple of years, he has seemed to have been on absolutely everything. Cause he's like done a, he'd done a Christmas song with Ed Sheeran and then he was on Eddie Vedder's solo album and he was on some, (laughs) did he do a song with Dua Lipa as well? Like he just, Uh, it's almost as if, he knows he's getting old, so he's going to work with as many people as possible. <laughs> I, it's great, though, that he's staying creative and doing all this stuff. I mean, that's just, yeah, it, it always gets, I never, I haven't watched the movie about him yet because I was, I, I think they took a lot of liberties with it from what I've been told, but I'm kind of intrigued. I think I haven't seen it either, but I think there's some quite fantastical elements in it. So that'd be quite interesting to see how they handle it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, This is a good question. And, some people have wondered whether they want to give like the cool answer or the truthful answer. And we, Oh, I have a funny truthful one. This is great. Well, we always want the truthful one. (laughs) So what was the first record that you bought with your own money or specifically asked someone else to buy for you? So the, the first album I ever got was the day my parents bought me my first CD player. One of those little boom box ones in my room. 
And what they got with it was the Batman Forever soundtrack. But that's not the first one I bought because we were staying at my grandma's house in the Virginia mountains and my cousin lived near there. And he had an album I decided because I wanted another CD. I bought it from him the next day, which was Skilo. I wish. I don't know that one. Oh, uh, there was an old song of... um, it was popular on the radio. Like, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish it was. a Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. that CD. Uh, so technically, that is the first album I ever excellent. bought. That's all right. <laughs> what I was on Batman it. Forever as well? Because the, the, you two did was, the hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me. Yes, they? it was actually, you know, knock it or not. That is actually a really good CD. I think that's the best thing to come out of that movie is the soundtrack. I saw it in the pictures, that movie. I had, I had a great time watching it. Me too. I, would, I, I was a kid at the time. Like, it was. It's meant to be more of a throwback to an older Batman style mm-hmm. that went kind of crazy, but I enjoyed it. I love Batman. Me too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Batman stuff. Um, So what was the last record that you bought or streamed um, or down? The last thing you listened to, really, is... Uh... I've had to change this three times because since I've been answering these questions, I've been going through my music collection again and realizing, oh, I'm missing this. Oh, that that's not the entire album. So I just keep buying stuff. <laughs> The last actual albums I bought, I bought Seven Dust, Blood and Stone, and The Prodigy, Invaders Must Die. Excellent. Are the the last two albums. But the actual, honest to God, last music I bought were two Fiona Apple CD, or the downloads yesterday of Tidal and When the Pawn. Tidal was a great album, isn't it? It was. And I've realized I only had like one track out of it left. I was like, nope, got to fix that. I need the whole CD. Yeah, you've you've cost me some money. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's quite a swing as well Don't from be. Seven Dust to Prodigy and then Fiona Apple. I, I told you I've got a very eclectic taste in music. <laughs> it's well, I take music kind of I I don't sit there and listen to it analytically. It's very much attached to like emotional stuff with me, memories mm-hmm. or times. So That's how that kind be. of is a theme on how a lot of things for me. So yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Are you a gig goer? What was the first gig you went to? First concert you attended? First concert I've ever been to. Um, I actually went with a friend named Kane and my mom after we had to argue with my dad because he thought I shouldn't be able to go, even though my mom was going. But that was in the late 90s to see Collective Soul. Oh, fantastic. They were playing here in Panama City Beach. And I still remember every moment of that concert, singing along with it and just the first time I'd ever been around live music. And uh, it was great. <laughs> good show. Short show, but good show. What was the last show you went to? Yeah. Last one was a couple of years ago. I actually saw Seven Dust. They were playing in Destin. But what made it unique is it wasn't like a full blown out concert. It was an acoustic set in a small arena. And I'd never really heard Seven Dust play acoustic before. And it it worked. I... I still have some recordings from it, but I would love to get an album of that kind of playing from them because you never really know how to expect stuff like that being played acoustically, you know? I mean, if you throw back to like the early 90s where you got, got a lot of the big rock bands of the time, like the Alice in Chains oh, yeah. and the Nirvanas all doing like that MTV, MTV Unplugged. Unplugged. Yes. Um, VH1 Storytellers. That's it. Oh, Counting yep. Crows VH1 Storytellers. Is I have the double one. CD that yeah. has Storytellers and their... Uh, unplugged sessions one of my yeah. favorite ones from them have you um there's a really good uh bjork unplugged is really good really yeah it's really really good 
I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I didn't and, even know she did one. And another one that I spat on quite a bit was a bit later, but the Jay-Z Unplugged album is, or the Jay-Z MTV Unplugged record is really, really good. I didn't realize he did that either. Yeah, he's got The Roots as his backing band. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. If you can find that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, I'm I'm probably going to have to find that online. There's That's probably not, I don't think that was ever released to the disc, was it? I don't know. It's I've only really got into Jay Z recently, so and, and that is that record in particular. So, um, do many big bands come to your town, or do you have to travel a bit? Sadly, they did, and I generally wasn't allowed to go or could not go. So, I mean, Bush and I think even Foo Fighters have been here. Um, Alice in Chains, like all these other bands, especially in the late nineties. Uh, all showed up and I couldn't go to any of them, but I heard about every one of them and I was like, it's it's killing me. That sounds like heaven to me. I've, I've, ah, I, 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 I saw Bush in a tiny little town, um, Newport in Wales. It's not I'm that very tiny jealous now. right now. Um, and it's just in like a, <laughs> in like a sports center mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe 3000 people. Um, that would That's have been on the great. razor blade suitcase tour. Yep. So yeah, about, about 98, I think anyway. We're not here to talk about me. <laughs> oh, I, I remember I remember the day I got that one. It was one of my earlier checks at a car wash job that I had. I ran over to the Blockbuster Music Store and picked it up. <laughs> um, who has been one. the biggest influence on your record collection? So this one's a little bit more of a complicated answer because there's not one, but there's four that have equally done this. And you'll kind of understand why. But to start off is my mom. Uh, because she listened to and got me into stuff like Kansas, Styx, Led Zeppelin, Boston, Journey, Starship, Duran Duran, you know, things like that. Then there was my dad, who he listened to and got me into Genesis and Phil Collins, Elton John, The Eagles, Billy Joel, Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton, Traveling Wilburys, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Were Everyone loves Petty, didn't they? Right, yeah. I, I I actually saw a double album of like greatest hits of Tom Petty that I almost bought today too. That should probably be a triple album. Should be. I agree. <laughs> um, one of my old friends, Patrick, uh, who I knew for a long time, he got me into three eleven stone temple pilots, two skinny J's, the urge live, uh, prodigy incubus, Jurassic five sublime and Beck stuff like that. And then lastly, my friend Brent, once again, the guy I went <laughs> help move today, he got me into Green Day, Daft Punk, Fatboy Slim, Moby, Prince, Quantic, Chemical Brothers, all kinds of assorted techno from all different places, uh, Electronica. And between the four of them kind of showed me a lot of the different types of music before I kind of started exploring on my own, just trying things out. But I couldn't whittle it down to one person. There's just no way to have that be an honest answer. <laughs> Um, which was the first Green Day album you got? Because I've, I, I reckon you're. It was, was it? Because I, because I'm looking at you. I'm thinking you're a few years younger than me, so it might wondering whether it might. Forty three. Oh, you're exactly the same age as me. So there yeah. You go. Christmas Day, nineteen seventy nine. Oh, lovely. I'm <laughs> September nineteen seventy nine, so we're bang on pretty much. So yeah. There we are. Dookie's now, a good record, isn't it? I have to say, how do you how do you pronounce the record again? Dookie. Uh, Dookie. I was listening Dookie. to y'all's yeah, podcast about it and somebody, how they pronounced it. I was like, that, that just sounds weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 You guys say Dookie. We say Dookie and. It was I great. Know, I just, just, I got a laugh just out a good of it. Punk rock record. 
Where do you stand on it, the our Green Day punk argument then? Um, I I do agree. Some of their later stuff got a little little different. They've kind of softened up a bit. But um, I know we saw one of their albums today. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I had we hadn't listened to it at all yet. I still liked American Idiot. Um, you know, I had Nimrod. I had Dookie. We went back to Kerplunk, which the way we described it when I was talking with Brent about it earlier today is Kerplunk kind of felt like high school while, you know, when Dookie came around, it felt like graduation and moving on. Like that's when they actually finished what they needed to do and kind of grew from there. But if they had to just stay just on Dookie, I think that's still a good mark on music for that. Like they still, they still stay pretty angry about stuff, thankfully, <laughs> like as they yeah. should. And and also that little punk scene from like 94 through to about 97 was amazing with like, the offspring making good records and rancid being yes, amazing. Yes, offspring was great. You know. Have you ever been in a band? I have not. Um, I've always wanted to be. I tried to be in uh, the school band when I was a kid because for me, I always tried to play trumpet, which was the instrument I tried. Um, my oldest son plays trumpet. My wife plays French horn, and my youngest son plays French horn and trumpet. You just kind of went to both. That's so. the beginnings of a ska band there. <laughs> it's getting it's getting there <laughs> um is there a band that you think oh yeah i'd love to be a part of that band or i i would um i kind of mentioned this to you a little bit before uh dropping it but as a fan of ska and a lot of that mighty mighty boss tones i always loved just the rhythm and feel of a lot of the music and you know of course ska brings in a lot of trumpet and you know, brass instruments and their trombones and so forth. Another good one I thought of later was Brian Setzer Orchestra, um, which is a good one. But that's just, Ska is always kind of brought a smile to my face. It's just really energetic. It's always seemed like happy music to me. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to have a bad time at a Ska punk gig, are you? Not unless you're trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, this next question has been a lot of fun while I've been recording lately. So oh, nice. you've, you've got a one day festival just for mm -hmm. you and you can book six bands, anyone you like dead or alive. Who are you picking? Well, I started off my notes with just the saying of welcome to my nineties music festival, because <laughs> I want to see Foo Fighters. I want to see Bush. I want to see Pearl Jam. I want to see 311, Excellent. Smashing Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots. Like just. Excellent all of those I never got a chance to see and have wanted to so badly to the point I would get like live albums. Yeah. Hmm? Well, you're not short on Pearl Jam live albums. Are you? They think they released every single gig they've ever done at this rate. <laughs> I think I've got like two or three. I'm usually not disappointed. They're, they're pretty good half the time. They're, I think they're a better live band than they are studio albums. Now. I can see that. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Pearl Jam but yeah yeah one of my favorite all-timers they are absolutely love them so but then all all of that 90s grunge stuff was just that was what turned me on in the first place so alice and alice yeah. chains i love Soundgarden, i love a lot of people yeah. assume out of pearl jam stuff that i'm going to be more leaning towards 10 just because they have the song jeremy yeah. which i didn't get into later but i preferred verses great album I, just, I, don't, I always love that album i don't trust anyone who says they're a massive massive pearl jam fan and tends their favorite album 
10 has some tracks I really enjoy. I'm not going to say that's bad, but if I had to choose, I did like verses. <laughs> yeah, the, fir- the first half is, of 10 is really good, and then it goes downhill a bit, but verses is amazing start to finish. Yeah. I, I'm a bit of a hipster. <laughs> I very much like Riot Act. It's one of my favorites. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right. Which band or artist mm-hmm. makes you dance around the kitchen like a dickhead? And I mean that I, I, this may be this may need some translating, but when we say like a dickhead, it means you just can't contain yourself. You might look right. a bit of a wally, but you don't care. I had to translate and explain that to some friends when they read it. They're like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "No, no, that's I get what he means." Yeah. Um, I thought about it, and the one that we put on, if like we're all in the house, we just want to have good music on, and we'll dance around and do stuff while we're working, is bare naked ladies just all of their music is usually so cheerful and I love the creativity of their lyrics, you know, cause they're just singing along and it's funny and enjoyable. And I had a couple different albums of theirs, but recently I picked up the vinyl for their greatest hits, which is original hits, original stars, which has got a really good selection of all their stuff. It's, it's a great album beginning to end. So we'll just put that on and just let it play. And since the cabinet's located near the kitchen, you know, we're dancing around in the kitchen, kids in the living room. It's it's great. Were they more of a thing over in the States? Because over here, it's like they had the one big single one week. And right. that was kind of it. But So I'm presuming they're they must can, have been a bit bigger over there. They're a little bit bigger in Canada because they are a Canadian band. Um, and I think most of their stuff here was one week. And then, of course, the the song that they used for big bang theories theme song became popular but i kind of already i started exploring getting a couple of their older cds as i found them and just really enjoyed it so i just kept picking it up popular or not it's just you know you find what you like you dive into it head first and i have not regretted it it's been absolutely great so that's another one that i've heard some of their stuff played live and it's really well done real energetic you can hear the crowd singing along like it's you know they have fun with it you can tell um, I was talking to a chap the other day about they might be giants. Of course, their big single was oh, yeah. "Bird Birdhouse in Your Soul," but obviously they did the theme for Malcolm in the Middle as well. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, you're not the boss of me. That's right. <laughs> great, great band though. Is there a band or an artist that the whole world think are amazing, and you're just like, nah, not for me, thanks. I uh. I, I do have an answer for this and for the other variation of it. Yeah. And I'm probably going to get someone yelling at me with this, but I just don't get Pink Floyd. Like I, I, I like one song by them. And after that, I'm just like, I now understand you probably have to be high to like this. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of like 16, 17 year old stoners that like Pink Floyd and a lot of musos that like Pink Floyd. And- yeah, I've, I've had, I had a guy I worked with, he was a Navy diver that was obsessed with Pink Floyd. And when I told him I didn't really like it that much, he got almost angry. Like, like, why can't you, you just don't like good music. I'm like, no, I like good music when I find good music. Yeah. I mean, technically you can't, you can't take anything away from it, but it doesn't yeah. really pluck at my heartstrings like good songs should or songs that I like do. I I enjoyed The Wall 
for the idea of what it was, an absolutely memorable music video. Like I get the message behind that song, but a lot of the other songs on the album and other albums just never clicked with me as much as I tried. <laughs> um, the variation of this question is the band that you like and no one else does. Um, nobody ever hears, seems to know of them, but it's a band called the refreshments. Uh, they had an album I liked called fizzy, fuzzy, big and buzzy. Uh, it's more of a late nineties band. Um, kind of, it's, it's definitely a little poppy for how it is. And I think I've looked it up. They, that was only their one main album they did, but I really liked it. It had, you know, fun, weird lyrics. Once again, I think I have a trending of liking that this is almost a, bare naked ladies before i really heard bare naked ladies too much um but i'd recommend it it's it's fun it's a good one to listen to aren't they i believe so they don't sound like it but it's hard to tell (laughs) um you can time travel to any musical era or scene where would you like to go um as as we hinted at earlier it would probably be the mid to late 90s because so many so many bands came here so much music I grew up with and wanted to hear, you know, and see and never got a chance to. Uh, plus, knowing that I never got to go any of them, it'd be safe by time travel rules because that would cause no paradoxes. So- <laughs> Which time travel rules? Though? Terminator rules or Back to the Future rules? Or Oh, Doctor Who. You can always mess with Doctor <laughs> Who. There's That changes by season and writer. You're good. Excellent. Well, <laughs> I think um, we might bump into each other then because I'd, I'd love to go back to that time because I was young skinny and girls find me interesting we can go and steal my uh at the time i was driving a 1979 chevy monte carlo excellent 267 v8 and uh t-tops so we'll be driving in style on the beach and no one worried about climate change nope <laughs> and and gas <laughs> was less than a dollar there you it go was, man <laughs> brilliant is there one band in particular you'd love to you'd love to see that, that, that you missed is there anyone bush like- I always, yes, um, because Bush, (laughs) it's almost an ongoing running joke with me for as much as I used to listen to them back in the day that my friends would kind of poke fun at me a little bit. And it's part of where my nickname came from. And eventually where the name of the show came from uh, was from them. And I was going to get more into that on your, your next question that you had, but they had a song uh, off of 16 stone called everything Zen. And I would listen to it so much. Everyone was like, you listen to that to the point. We're just going to start calling you Zen. And that's been my nickname for decades now. Everyone just calls me Zen. And that's where my wife then came up with Zen's Path. Because she originally jokingly called it the Zen's Path to Gaming Enlightenment. And then I just made it one word. So, yeah. I would love to see Bush in its heyday. um, You know, to just listen and enjoy it. And following on from that song, do you believe that Elvis is dead? (laughs) <laughs> by this point yes probably <laughs> then wasn't sure now yeah. it's been a while excellent which brings <laughs> us on to our final final one for the night yes you get to add one song to our playlist for the ages just one i'm hoping it was a difficult decision it might not have been it might have been really easy it was um, the fastest of all these questions excellent what would you like to put on the on the playlist everything's Zen by bush <laughs> From 16 stone um that's that song has you know affected so much of my life and been attached to me in such a way that 
even on my way home today before the show, it was on random and it popped up for the first time in a while. And I was like, this is just meant to be. Excellent. <laughs> it's a really, really good song. And it's we often talk about how first songs on albums kind of set the stool late for what's to come. Like, mm-hmm. And when it's like a debut album, if you think of like Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses, it's the yes. first song on the debut album. And it's like, this is us. This is what you're going to get. And that's very much the same with that Bush record. Yeah, it's their hello to the world, and it's yeah. a memorable one. It's amazing. Jeremy, <laughs> thank you very much. That was great. Just remind everyone or tell everyone where we can find you in your podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter or most places at Zenspath, Z-E-N-S-P-A-T-H. And then you can find our show, the Zenspath 4-Button Podcast. We have it up on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Zenspathcom basically just zenspath.com without the period. You can also go to zenspath.com or uh, zenspath.libsyn.com and you can find us there. Excellent. I'll leave all of that in the show notes as well, <laughs> along with our, our social media links and, of mm-hmm. course, our website, thelonewardscollective.com. I've been Rob Jones. He was Jeremy Powers. Yep. And that was Records and Bands. Thank you very much. <laughs> Appreciate it. How good is fucking boring?